You don't want to miss today's podcast. We're going to talk about different types of retirement options for those who are self-employed. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Perret. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. That's what this podcast tackles. It's the, the challenge Mo Param has every week. Mo Param with Cloud Vesters. Cloudvesters.com, by the way. It is your finances untangled. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins, and greetings to you, Mo, today. Yeah, greetings to you too, Dave. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. You know, I, I say a lot that this show is for those who may be just starting out in a career, through their career and their investments and the right strategies and even up to retirement and in retirement. In this case today, we're going to look at working towards retirement. That's our focus. And we're zooming in specifically on self-employed business owners. And what are your options because there's no company 401k, so you know that can a lot of times provide direction in how much you save for retirement, especially if it's there that incentive of the match offered. But we're going to take a look at uh, what you can use and some of the vehicles that you can use as a business owner. I love the topic today. And by the way, we're going to provide a, a link to nerdwallet.com and an article on the same subject here. What we're going to look through some of the options, Mo and. We may as well start with the traditional or the Roth IRA. If you could explain that, and then um, should you have a little bit in both? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I decided to talk about this today because, you know, in today's climate, um, you know, unfortunately, we've, we've seen a lot of people, you know, millions of people that have been either laid off, furloughed, or had some type of employment challenges. And so some have determined that maybe going self-employed, starting their own business is something that's more convenient for them, um, taking control of their own destiny and some who have already been self-employed. So uh, I thought right now would be a good time, especially as we get in closer to the end of the year, to just talk about some tips uh, and some strategies when it comes to saving for retirement for those who are you know, who find themselves uh, starting their own business or being self-employed. So you mentioned the traditional and Roth IRA. So those tend to be the most common mm -hmm. um, vehicles to save for retirement. And so traditional and Roth. So uh, for those who don't know, the, the IRA stands for individual retirement account. And so a traditional means that you're funding that account on a pre-tax basis. So the money goes in pre-tax the account grows, hopefully it's growing if it's invested correctly, mm -hmm. uh, but it grows tax deferred, meaning you don't pay any taxes as there as there is growth. But when you uh, do retire and you take the money out, then all of that, the entire account is taxable as income to you. The Roth works a little bit the opposite way. You're funding, in with, you're funding it with after-tax dollars, so the funds have already been taxed. The account still grows tax deferred, so you're not paying any taxes on the growth. But when you withdraw the funds during retirement, the entire account, your contributions plus the growth, is tax free to you. So the advantages or the 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 ones that you the one that works best for you really depends on, in my opinion, where do you see your tax rates 
during retirement. Mm -hmm. Because if you think your tax rates are going to go up during retirement or the tax bracket's going to be up during retirement, then maybe paying taxes at a lower tax environment today might make sense. But if you feel that tax rates are going up, um, then paying taxes right now in a lower environment makes sense. And if you're younger, that's, of course, a little more challenging to know decades down the road when you retire where it'll be, mm -hmm. for instance, if you're in your 30s. But we, we, we do know where tax rates are now, though. It, right. The, the limit that you have with a traditional IRA, that it's 6000 annually and 1000 catch-up contribution if you're 50 or older. If you do right. a blend of traditional and Roth, is it still that total 6000 limit? It's, it's yeah, so okay. it's, that's a that's a great question. So some people have a misconception that okay, if I open up a traditional and a Roth, I can put six thousand in both. You can't. Um, you can put okay. if you're under fifty, you can put six thousand. Now you can split it up three and three, two and four, one and five, depending you know whichever strategy you think makes sense for you. Um, but it's not a it's it's uh, it's it's an aggregate amount. It's not a okay. individual account number. But um, yeah, you know, so it, those are typically the, the first starting point. And when I say, when I talk to self-employed individuals, when we start, especially if they're starting to build their retirement account, I usually start off with, give me an idea of how much you think you are able to save. Right. Because that would, that technical, that starts the conversation of, okay, which direction are we going to go? Because right now, again, you can see with both accounts, the maximum you can put is six if you're under 50 or 7,000 if you're over 50. So if you're thinking that, hey, at the high end, those are, that is the maximum I can, I can put money to, I can put away towards retirement then we can start um, on either traditional or Roth. So that could be for someone just starting their business. Yeah, yeah like someone who's just starting it. their business, yeah. building it. Um, you know, when you're starting your own business, cash flow, cash is king. Um, sometimes you want to make sure that the, the first the first year sometimes are the hardest. Oh, yeah. You know, getting a, a concept to reality, uh, maybe building out your staff, uh, maybe building out some contractors, uh, so, so that first year, you know, cash might be the cash flow is everything. So, but you still want to be able to, you know, dedicate some dollars towards retirement. So, if you're thinking that okay, at the high end, six thousand is the most, seven thousand is the most I can put towards retirement for this particular year, then a Roth or a traditional would be a good starting point. Looking at retirement plans for uh, self-employed business owners, and you're right. I mean, when someone sits down with you and they say, "Mo, I, I need a retirement plan. I'm a business owner." Uh, that's one of the first questions. Is right now, what can you contribute to this? Mm -hmm. So as we move forward, and we'll look at the advantages of each of these vehicles you can use. Now, I mentioned uh, there's no obviously no company 401k opportunity for you. So what is the solo 401k? Oh yeah. So if you're if you're a business owner or self-employed with uh, typically no no employees, maybe a spouse if you have your spouse on payroll, um, that could be a good option too. But the solo four hundred one k is what it sounds like a solo an individual four hundred one k plan. So it, it looks and smells like your four hundred one k that you would get from a uh, you know your typical company, mm -hmm. but uh, this is you're, you're creating the account for yourself. So uh, the good thing about the solo four hundred one k is you have a larger amount that you can contribute versus the IRAs. So the solo four hundred one k, the most you can put into 
uh, a solo 401k is about 57,000. Uh, wow, way year. larger. <laughs> way larger. Yeah. Uh, and that's for 2020. You know, these uh-huh. numbers do adjust on a typically on an annual or every other year, these numbers increase. But yeah, 57,000 is the most you could put into um, the, the 401, the solo 401k. And you also get a uh, catch up, an, an additional six thousand catch up. Um, so fifty seven thousand is the most you can put in, um, and that's a good option. You know, if you're able to say, okay, well, I'm able to put in a good amount of, of dollars away for retirement, uh, but you have to structure it a little differently than uh, your your IRA. So the way the four hundred one k, the solo four hundred one k works is, in order to get that amount. Uh, you you first have to start off with what your traditional um, contributions are for an individual uh, within a 401k. So right now, uh, you can put, uh, if you're under the age of 50, 19500 as a salary deferral. Okay. Right? So you can put 19500 a year as a salary deferral into the 401k. Now, if you're over 50, you can put a $6,000 catch-up. Okay. okay? Then, in order to get to that fifty-seven thousand mark, there is essentially a employer match or employer contribution. Really, you're matching yourself, right? You're basically, yeah. The company's <laughs> matching or contributing for yourself, and the most the company can put your company can put towards yourself is twenty-five percent of your contribution. Okay. So I don't want to okay. lose people with that, but yeah. the way it's structured yeah. is. You got to think of yourself as an employee of your business, and then your business is making the contribution for you yeah, as well. Because you're, even though it's your business, it's still considered a separate entity. It's a separate entity, exactly. So you, as the employee, are you're, you're making that nineteen thousand five contribution or the six thousand additional six thousand if you're over fifty. So that gets you to your employee deferral maximum okay then your company can put up to 25 percent of your compensation towards your plan and that can bring you up to fifty-seven thousand, depending on how much you're you know you're taking your uh, as a as oh, an okay. income for yourself I see. quick question on that because we've already we've covered the the traditional ira and certainly that we have said that that would be so good for someone who can't put as much in maybe just starting out in their business is it any way that someone like that, even though they couldn't put up to that amount in, that the solo 401k would work better for them? Or do you think it's better after it being in business a while to eventually transition to solo 401k? That's a good question. You know, it really all depends on the individual. Um, you know, when you're starting off the solo, the reason why the traditional IRA uh, could be a good option for those who are just starting off, because it's very easy to administer. I mean, there's no administration. You just open up the account. Uh, now there is income limits towards the Roth IRA. So if you make a if you make a certain amount, you, you're unable to contribute to a Roth IRA. But um, the solo 401k, um, you know, you have to in order to get to that amount. Again, it, start, it starts off with contribute with uh, sorry. It starts off with uh, your 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 your. Uh, uh, your compensation. Mm-hmm. So if you, you have to be able to to show a certain amount of income in order to best best max out at that nineteen five. Okay. So I start again when when we start looking at the retirement plans. I that's why I always start off with how much do you think you can contribute? Because if you can't contribute over seven thousand, then the administration or the setup for the four hundred one solo four hundred one k, you might as well just go ahead with the 
with one of the uh, IRA options. But for us, you know, planning is a living and breathing thing. So let's say we started off January 1 saying that, okay, we're going to go with the IRA. And midway through the year, business goes crazy. And all of a sudden, you're like, Mo, 7,000 is just not going to cut it. You know, we've we signed this contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, business is booming. Uh, I need to put away more. And then we could look at okay, well, let's let's pivot, let's change the plan, okay. and let's look at the four hundred one k if that's an option. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's Cloud Vesters. That's cloudvesters.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey Smart Vester. That's a relationship you can trust. At Cloud Vesters, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's Cloudvestors. That's cloudvestors.com. We're back. It's Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param of the fiduciary firm Cloudvestors. And by the way, cloudvestors.com, as you just heard. And I am consumer advocate Dave Perkins. Enjoying the conversation, we're, we're talking about preparing for your retirement and specifically if you are a self-employed business owner we're going over the options and the vehicles you can use and mo i didn't know it was that many you actually have a lot of choices we've already covered the traditional the roth ira the solo 401k and now let's move to the sep ira uh for self-employed people is that very similar to the solo 401k or what are the differences um, there are, there's uh, a, a good amount of differences between the solo 401k and the SEP IRA. So um, SEP, S-E-P, stands for a Simplified Employee Pension IRA. So it's very, uh, um, it's very different than the solo 401k. Okay. The, the contribution limits are similar. So you can put 57000 again for this year, um, 2020. But the way it works is a little different. So solo 401ks, I tend to, to lean more towards those who are completely self-employed. Like it's, it's just you, um, one, one employee, or maybe your spouse as an employee. So okay. at the maybe the maximum two. But the SEP IRA leans more towards smaller businesses with, few, with fewer employees. Mm-hmm. It could be just you, but with a very small handful of employees. And the reason why is the the SEP IRA allows you again to put that fifty seven thousand into it, um, but the most you can put in is fifty seven thousand or twenty five percent of your net self employment earnings or compensation. Okay, so up to that cap. Mm-hmm. But the difference is if you have employees, you have to make contributions to their plan if you are making contributions for yourself. So if I am a self-employed, if I'm a small business owner and let's say I have five employees and I wanna make a contribution for myself into my SEP account of maybe let's call it 10% of my income, 
then I have to make a contribution for all my other employees at that same percentage of their salary. Okay. So if I'm putting in 10% for myself, I've got to put in 10% for everyone else. And that's different from the, wow. What, so what's the advantage then? Well, the advantage is, um, employee retention. So, you know, if you have, again, this is use that same example, five, uh, four employees outside of yourself. So five total, and you want to attract some in, uh, some good employees. You want to reward your employees that, and offer them a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Well, this could be something that could be useful because it's very uh, cost efficient to to administer. Uh, and so, you want to reward your employees by offering by uh, offering them a attractive retirement account. A little easier to administer, and as you said, a little easier to administer. Okay. Um, but, uh, again, one of the downsides to it, if you, if you consider a downside is if you're making a contribution for yourself, you have to have the cash flow to make the contributions for the other employees as well. Right now there is a caveat towards it. If you decide not to make a contribution for yourself on a given year, then you don't have to make a contribution for the employees. But if you're going to make a contribution for yourself, then you have to do it for the employees. So, uh, you have to start thinking about, you know, if if you have enough cash flow to to do this, mm-hmm. because again, you have to make that commitment to to your to your team. Uh, there is no Roth option within a SEP IRA, so all this would be pre tax contributions. Okay. But you get deductions as far as um, and uh, the tax deduction as the employee, and you get the tax deduction or as a business expense for the business. Uh, the contributions for your employees, but uh, you have to weigh out those options and understanding that if you're going to do something for yourself, you have to reward every, you have to reward everyone else. Well, there really are a lot of options to weigh here in planning mm-hmm. uh, retirement planning for self-employed business owners. Now we've talked about traditional IRA. What's the difference in that and a simple IRA? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds the yeah. same, but it's not. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and you would think a simple IRA would be even more simpler than a traditional or Roth IRA, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, but it's it's an IRA that you're that you're allowed to put in uh, that you can start for business for for your uh, for your company. That is, um, you know, we can look at it for larger businesses, uh, and I and typically it works for those who have less than a hundred employees. So you can see this, this, the scale uh, between that and a, and a traditional IRA mm-hmm. or a or a, um, a SEP IRA. So this is really good for those who have larger businesses, and, but, but with less than 100 employees. Now, the maximum you can put into um, the simple IRA is 13500 uh, in 2020. And uh, there's a catch up for those who are over 50. If you noticed, uh, these retirement plans usually have some type of catch up provision for those who are over 50 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, but the maximum for that is three thousand, as far as a catch up. So you know, if you're over fifty, you can put about sixteen five um, uh, into the into the uh, simple IRA for your employees. So the advantages to that are contributions are deductible, uh, but the distributions to the retire but distributions during in retirement are taxed. So again, it looks and feels like that traditional IRA where you're making those contributions pre tax. When you make the, when you make the distributions during retirement, all of it is taxable as income to you. Um, but unlike the SEP IRA, you have to make uh, it's not necessarily 
when you make a contribution for yourself that you have to make a contribution for the employees. You basically are required to make contributions to the employees. Now you can make a, the type of contribution you can make is you can do either a 3% match of the employee contributions. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, a 3% match of the employee compensation, or you can do a fixed 2% for every single eligible employee. Okay. Okay. So you really have to make a con. You really have to make a a, a, a commitment to making those matching um, contributions for your employees. And it's, uh, and again, you've said this before. If it's a company, then you have really good employees. You want to make sure you you keep them. I mean, that's one one thing you could do in in making these choices because right. you're fostering that loyalty. I mean, this is a totally uh, probably not a good question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> Does it ever, can you, and if you can, does it ever make sense to have a little bit of, or a couple of these, uh, one for you, maybe one for your employees separate for you? I mean, is that even possible? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it is possible. I mean, you can open up a IRA for yourself and, uh, and then look at, okay, well, I'm going to start off a, uh, I'm just an example. I, and I'm going to start off a, uh, a SEP IRA for my employees. Okay. But when you start looking at weighing out the options, so the government does not, you know, so these numbers that I mentioned before, it's not as if you can max out a, a SEP IRA. Okay. Then I'm going to max out a Roth IRA. Then I'm going to max out a simple IRA. You know, they still have limits as far as how much you can contribute as an aggregate to all these accounts. So, you know, for us, when we look at it, it's really more of that's why planning is a living and breathing thing. So on an annual basis, if we start to feel, realize that maybe one plan may not be working versus the other, we can look and see how uh, we may want to pivot on a given year as far as uh, uh, making contributions to these plans. But, you know, that's the thing about uh, these retirement plans are you, you really if you're if you're looking for it for you, if you do have more than more than one employee than yourself, you really have to start thinking about uh, if I'm going to if I'm going to set up these plans, do I really have the cash flow? Do I see? Can I forecast uh, business expenses? Can I understand how the uh, uh, cash flow is going to work for us? Because once you start making contributions and administering these plans, your employees are going to are, are are going to be relying on you to to make to continue these plans. And you don't want to upset the apple cart if all of a sudden one year you can't make these contributions or you have to dissolve the plan. It's just doesn't make it just doesn't boost morale. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. F- well, finally, uh, what, what's the defined what, defined benefit plan? So a defined benefit plan is uh, essentially like a pension. So um, all the plans I mentioned before are what's considered defined contribution plans. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is. The plans, the contribution for the plans are defined up front, meaning that we know that if I put, uh, on a given year, I can put 57000 into a solo 401k. Mm-hmm. I'm 39 years old personally. So I know that for every year, I can put $57,000 into uh, 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 a solo 401k. Okay. I don't know what that's going to accumulate to when I'm 65, but I know what I can put on a, on a given year. So the contributions are defined. A defined benefit plan is the opposite. We're 
basically reverse engineering and saying to ourselves, I want to know what my distributions are going to be at the end of the year. So I know when I retire, I know what the benefit is going to be. So the benefit itself is being defined and the contributions are going to be figured out with a, with a calculation based off when I want to retire uh, and what, what, how old I am right now. And then we, we've put in expected investment returns. Wow. You really so, have a so, good idea of what you're going to, how you're going to retire and what you're going to have, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's actuaries involved in creating a defined benefit plan. Uh, it's, it's a little more complicated to start off with, but essentially what you're doing is you're building your own pension plan. Okay. Uh, so for those, I really look at those for who are really, who, who really have no employees okay. or very, or very small handful of employees because it is, it is a, you know, when I, this is not a rule of thumb, but I, I tend to say, if you're going to do this, you want to at least say to yourself, I'm going to commit to this for at least five years or so. And, you know, if you're, for me, if you're not putting in 80 to maybe even a hundred grand a year into these accounts, the cost, the administration, um, you have to have a third party uh, starts to, to administer these plans can get somewhat costly if you're not really pumping in some good dollars into these accounts. All right. Crazy. So, qu- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I, no, I go was ahead. just going to say, I'm trying I was just, as you were talking, I'm listening to you and then I'm thinking, okay, self-employed could be defined in so many ways. And, and this is what I came up with. So I'm sorry if it's a little weird. Uh, let, <laughs> let, let's say it's an actor. And he's not a okay. not not a not top of the line. He's not getting millions and millions per movie, but he's doing all right. He's mm-hmm. doing okay. He's getting some of those bit parts. He's one of those people you know their face and actors, but you don't really know their <laughs> name. Would would this work for them? I mean, because that really that's their business, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, you, yeah. So in that's in that situation, they have a high if, income. They have a high income. So what you want to do against, you want to talk to a, a tax professional to figure out which, because you have to set up an actual business structure for yourself, but like an LLC and then determine um, how you're going to register and file. But essentially, yeah, you can be an actor and have your, and have like an LLC and the compensation for your movie role gets paid to your LLC. And then your LLC is paying you as a as an employee and now your business which is your llc has the employer sponsored plans has these plans available for you okay so yeah so you can be a realtor an actor uh, a contractor um you know anyone who is who's really creating their own income right uh, this is these are these are options that you would want to consider you know talk to a financial planner Obviously, CloudVestor helps our clients uh, figure out which option that works best for them. We're going to lean. Uh, we're going to lean towards the advice and counsel of CPAs, tax accountants, uh, maybe tax attorneys, depending on how how large your business is, to really create um, the ideal and the best options for you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, with this, with this, you only have me around for right the now. weird, off the wall things. I know that's why. 
I like being yeah. weird sometimes, you know. <laughs> you know, I was thinking uh, too. I in radio for years, I've dealt with a lot of very successful voice talents. You know, providing imaging mm-hmm. voicing for radio stations, and they do it for stations all over the world from their home. And they need there a lot of them are you know well compensated, but yeah. they need some type of retirement uh, strategies and planning. Yeah, you have to. You, you know, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways. I mean, right now we have this uh, this gig economy where we have you know Uber drivers and Lyft drivers, and they're creating their own business. I mean, right. They're creating their own income. Yeah. And uh, it's a good thing, you know, that you have the luxury of creating your own income. Um, you know, defining your own calendar. Uh, there's a lot of benefits being self-employed, and you can see there's a lot of options that are available to you to to save for retirement. But the good thing is, you know, you have the income. Uh, let's start looking at ways to to make it work for you as efficient as possible. If we talk to our clients, you don't know what your income is going to look like next year. Um, you don't know what your income. If you're self-employed, you know, businesses can uh, any disruption can really uh, impact or hinder. You know, your ability to generate income. So now while the income is here, while we have a good sense of, okay, I have a good sense, a good feel of my company, good sense of, you know, how we're working right now, let's go ahead and look at one of these strategies to start saving for retirement. Because as a self-employed, as a business owner, it's up to you. You know, it's up to you to, uh, to start saving for yourself. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of options. Absolutely. As, I, as I, cloud investors, clients, you know, we're here to help. I, you know, very informative podcast. I, I didn't know uh, the differences in these options. I mean, you really did a good job laying that out. And you also do a good job sharing articles that are compatible. NerdWallet.com. We'll put a link up to this as well, too. Well, Mo, good stuff. Interesting. Um, for Thanks, the self-employed, you, you need to have some kind of plan in place. Let's- yeah, it's all, it's all about a plan. It's all about having a plan in place. And let's customize it and figure out what the best one is for you. Good podcast always. Let's do it again soon. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And as always, uh, like, share, rate, uh, tell your friends. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining me um, on this journey, Dave. And uh, we'll talk soon. I love doing it. And we hope you uh, <laughs> keep keep your eye out for upcoming podcasts on your finances untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.